What's up, everybody? I'm JJ John J. Stramski. And I'm Jason Goff. And if you haven't heard, The Ringer has gone local. I'm bringing the fire. I'm bringing the rain from the Big Apple with my show, New York, New York. And I'm repping Chi-Town with my new show, The Full Go on All Things Chicago. We've got episodes three nights a week with all the reaction to the local teams and guests. Plus bonus episodes around all the big games and storylines. So whether you're uptown, downtown, in the burbs, or a transplant. Make sure you follow New York, New York, and The Full Go on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Quarlbeck. Every Sunday, we are giving out awards. Week three is in the books, or... I guess it's not in books anymore. Almost. It's just on the internet. It's week three is on the internet. DK. Yo. Who is your winner for week three? So Josh Allen for the Bills. It's turns hmm. out that regression thing maybe just wasn't actually a thing. Uh the Bills to me look like a freaking buzzsaw again, which is kind of what I expected at the beginning of the year. It took him a little while to get things going. Allen looked a little, you know, hit or miss. I would I was never gonna say he he looked like the old Josh. Josh Allen, because like the old Josh Allen was wildly, wildly inconsistent and, you know, just made these insane decisions <laughs> and everything here and there. I think Josh Allen, like the Josh Allen we saw last year is what we saw today. Uh, five total touchdowns. He was 32 of 48, 358 yards passing, four touchdowns through the air, another rushing touchdown for 37 fantasy points. The overall QB one on the day, on the weekend, I should say. Um, the thing I was just thinking when I was watching Josh Allen is the whole John Wick thing. Like, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Like, this was like <laughs> a statement thing for him. Plus, like when you add in what they did last week to the Dolphins, like this team looks just incredible right now. They have outscored the last two teams they've played and two pretty solid defenses in, in Miami and Washington, 78 to 21. The Bills are a buzzsaw. Josh Allen is looking great. There's a lot of uh, fantasy opportunity in here, whether you're talking about Stephon Diggs, Manuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, Zach Moss is coming on. Dawson Knox had a good game. And then also, you know, there's like still Devin Singletary, Gabe Dave. So I don't know. It's just good for fantasy. It's fun to watch. And Josh Allen's back. And the Steelers are the only team to really limit him and beat them. So That's... the Steelers are even more back. This is actually <laughs> a huge win. Bigger, bigger winner is the Steelers. I is think. that going to go down as the weirdest game of the entire season is when the Steelers beat the Bills in week one? I don't think it was the weirdest game of week one. <laughs> week one was just bizarre. Uh, well, none of it made any sense. But yeah, I think this is starting. To, we're starting to see like who the real teams are a little bit more now. I think to the Josh Allen point, 
you remember like a couple years ago when Josh Allen sucked and he was like the best red zone quarterback, like red, like the channel red zone because Andrew right. Siciliano or Chris or Scott Hansen, whoever your guys cuts in and is like, you'll never believe what Josh Allen just did. And you're like, this could be a 50 yard <laughs> touchdown. It could be a pick six. He could have made a tackle. I leaped over. I have no idea today. It was just touchdowns. Like there was no bad yeah. plays. It was just Josh Allen did something incredible over and over and over and over again. He had like 20% of the total red zone time. Yeah, I feel like week three is when the guy, like if you have a player who is supposed to be really good, usually they only have two bad weeks in a row. I feel like in fantasy, it's usually week three is when the buy low guys are no longer buy low guys. And like, it actually comes back to normal. And that's exactly what happened here with, with Josh. Joshy, big winner. Craig, who's your winner of the week? Herbert. Two and one against the Chiefs, one and one versus Mahomes. I was trying to think, is, is there anybody who has a better record than one and one versus Mahomes? Does anyone have a positive Brady. record against Mahomes? It's just Tom Brady. Have they only played once? No, they've played a surprising amount of times because they played in the championship game. They've been in the regular season. I think. Tw- and Brady's, he has, he's won over 50% of the time. Yes, for sure. Oh, all right. But that's well, it. I mean, it's good company. Yeah. Herbert was the quarterback two today at 280 yards, four touchdowns, and he was just on it. Like every throw was perfect. Yeah. The fact that these two are going to be competing in the same division for the next like decade. I mean, what are the odds that like, the next best generational quarterback after Mahomes got drafted into the AFC West. You give like, a generational be quarterback. Herbert's like 23 and Mahomes is like 26. That's not a generation. <laughs> They're the same generation. <laughs> That's the same high school. I, I don't mean a new generation. I'm saying that like the, he's also he's the a quarterback sub- of the generation. Subsequent generational quarterback after Mahomes. Yes. Like what are the odds that the next great guy <laughs> in that little era of like age is in the AFC West with him? Yeah. That sucks for Mahomes. It's iron great. No? It's probably great for Mahomes. It pushes. It's great them. for who cares about them? It's great for us. Did yeah. you see that clip of Mahomes on the golf course like last year? And someone's like, "Look out for Herbert!" And he's like, "Yeah, I'll." He he actually said, "I'll see it when I believe it." He meant the other way, <laughs> right? Right. But he he talked shit about Herbert, and then somebody asked him about it after the game today, and he's like, well, "I guess I believe it." <laughs> I guess I've seen it. I mean, credit. I guess to, I've seen it. Credit to Mahomes for it, like admitting that. I guess. Yeah. I'll believe it when I see it. Is I mean that's that's I I mean there's. That's like religion. That's the, you know, that's not like a wrong. It's just, you know, it's different. Her- Herbert has the second most passing yards in his first 17 starts behind only Mahomes. I really think wow. Herbert is just going to be like tops, like top three quarterback for the next 10 years. He, the throws he makes are absolutely ludicrous. Like he made a couple like insane, you know, first percentile or 90th, 99th percentile, however you want to talk about it. Like insane, insane throw last week uh this week it's just man i don't know how he does it but he uncorks these beelines down the fields like deep outs where it's like only two quarterbacks can make that throw in the nfl you know what i mean so yeah he's just so so impressive and the other thing that's really impressive that i've just like thought of like when watching him over the first couple of years is just how he reacts to pressure he just never seems to panic that much and he can get himself out of it's like Mahomesium in a way that what he can get himself out of and still make plays because he has the arm torque to make these throws that no other like watching Jimmy G, for instance, just in this last game, it's like there's such a difference with what he can do uh under pressure and on the move and things like that. It's like it, you just really, really appreciate the way he can just like freaking uncork those passes. So yeah, he's he's great. Um, man, your guy Mike Williams, we'll talk about him later, but this is just good for fantasy. This is good for football in general. All right. My winner of the week, it's Justin Tucker, man. I God. mean, all those, uh, we'll call them exuberant people who reach in drafts for Justin Tucker. This is why you do it. 66-yard, 
walk-off game winner, longest kick in NFL history. Again, because didn't he already have the record at one point? It got surpassed like 17 fantasy Can you say points. that again? I, I mean, this is the longest kick in NFL history? It made yeah, in a game, I yeah. I'm just saying, that's just crazy. Like, <laughs> I, I, like, like, first of all, Justin Tucker has been trying to like set that record for a while. The fact that he got the opportunity in a walk-off fashion is kind of insane yeah. that he actually got to do it. And not like in the... Like at the end of the half or something? Yeah, or not like yeah, in a exactly. blowout. Like it was actually to win a game. Also, it doinked off the crossbar. And he nailed... And then the manner, it was like a movie. <laughs> it like doinked up and went up. You couldn't it, tell oh because of the perspective from the from the shot. It was like behind the, you know, behind the field goal or whatever. So you could not tell which way it was bouncing until it hit the net. No. And I was like, oh my God. Because I first saw it, I thought it bounced like... 50 yards back towards them and I was like you missed it and then you could just see it hit the net so I was like oh my god so that was and, yeah that was traumatic it was awesome and kicks that hit the bottom crossbar I feel like 90% of the time it goes the wrong way like right. I, it's got to be really specific <laughs> to hit it and go forward yeah I, I, I it's unbelievable and he added the crow hop right before which Roger Sherman figured out immediately because he did the 65 yard and warm-ups and it wasn't enough so he just added like a step. yeah I noticed I that did, when he I, was I, like I getting ready because the time was sort of like ticking down too they almost had to hurry it felt like and he backed up a couple extra steps so I was like mm-hmm. oh he's really gonna put his leg into this one and he needed it too he needed every little freaking centimeter of, of that oomph because like you said Craig I think 99% of the time it's just gonna bounce back brick it off all right, those are the winners. DK, who's the biggest loser of the week? All right, so unfortunately, it's going to be Justin Fields for the Bears because that was... So we're a, the biggest losers of the week I mean, for plugging him. Atrocious, atrocious performance. Not all his fault. But Craig, what do you got to say? I got to break in here. So I, no, I wanted you to try... I wanted you to explain this to me because this was the game I saw the least of today. And so when I checked the stat line after, I was like, literally, what the hell happened? I know he got sacked a bunch, but like, yeah. explain this to me as if I didn't even watch the game. So, okay... Number one, I think that the blame can be dispersed among both fields who did play terribly. I have I have to put some you know blame on him for the performance, but also Matt Nagy, who I think designed a really terrible game plan, especially for a team like the Browns, who they're facing with a very good pass rush, a you know two very good defensive ends that are going to get after him every play. They did four design rollouts on thirty dropbacks. I saw that per PFF, just four. So in other words, this really athletic guy who runs a four four, they didn't get him outside the pocket at all. They were just basically asking him to drop back and pass, like, consistently. They didn't get him into a designed run game hardly at all. He only had three rushes, and I think two of those were scrambles. So, for God knows why, they didn't want to use him as a runner. They didn't want to get him outside the pocket. They basically just wanted him to drop back and pass like he was a five-year veteran, like he was freaking Andy Dalton or something. It just didn't make any sense to me why they would do that in a guy's first start when these types of things, rollouts, bootlegs, you know, using the read option. Things that we saw like Jalen Hurts doing last year and and beginning this year to kind of get him into a rhythm, get his confidence going, get his like, you know, just it's like doing a layup or whatever. It just gets you going. It gets you in the feel of the game. He never once got into a rhythm in this game. It was almost always like every drive was like incompletion, stuffed run, third and nine. And then they had to drop back on third and nine. And he got sacked nine times. It was just really, really bad. It was a terrible performance by Fields. It was a terrible, terrible game plan. Nothing was working. Um, and crucially, and this is all on this, like I thought he was going to have a good day for fantasy. And I, and I said this before, like he could be a bad passer in this game, still have a good day in fantasy. And that's what I was banking on because he was a, such a good runner. They didn't run him for whatever reason. They just didn't want him to be that 
they didn't want that part of the game to be uh, that part of his talent or that part of his skill set to be part of the game. I have no idea why. Um, so bottom line, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry for recommending Justin Fields on this one because I thought he was going to have at least that rushing floor. I think any good coach would have given him that rushing floor, would have given his offense the ability to just make it harder on the defense. Put some stress on those pass rushers who are pinning their ears back like every time and getting after him. So I don't know. It was just a failure all the way all the way around. You know, they ended up with he ended up with 68 yards passing. I think their net passing was like 10 or something ridiculous. No, no, it was not 10. It was one. He had 68 yards and lost he had 67 one, in sacks. One net he did yard. not have passing yards. He had passing yard. To me, singular. to me, that's like this is coaching malpractice. I understand that some of it is on the quarterback, but like if if this isn't working, you got to figure out something. You have to well, adapt throughout the game. So I don't know. This was just terrible. Craig's question of like like what happened. Justin Fields sucked, but Matt Nagy drove a Ferrari like it was a minivan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's everyone's fault. You know, there's this uh, uh, Joe Banner who is who kind of who was the president of the Eagles for a while. Told me about this thing. Like the, the he calls it like a self fulfilling prophecy, which is that when coaches get a rookie quarterback. They think, well, we got to support the rookie because they're not ready. So we got to run on first down. We got to get to establish the run. But then if that like doesn't work, the rookies in second and nine and third and nine. And that was to a T what happened today was like the, tr- like the fear of taking off the training wheels meant you were trying to drive the training wheels. Yeah, um, I would say so for some context. And this is actually something that makes what Justin Herbert has done infinitely more impressive all the all the rookie quarterbacks were just dog shit today and frankly like they've been really bad all season like mac jones threw three picks uh zach wilson couldn't get anything done i think he had like 150 yards and two interceptions the jets off well, to be clear fields mess. had four fantasy points but the worst starter today was zach wilson right. who had two and a half right so so wilson who was the second pick was worse i mean he's in arguably he's in a worse situation but i i don't know like i'm starting to think like naggy is maybe the worst play caller in the NFL because that was just terrible. Um, Can we consider this for a moment, though? Trey Lance, who barely played for the Niners in Sunday Night Football, had six, who had touchdown for a yard, so he had six point one fantasy right. points more than Justin Fields and Zach Wilson combined. Who started? <laughs> that's, that's rough. And then that's Trevor rough. Lawrence, who also started, had like seven and a half. Yeah, he had. And Lawrence had two picks. And he's just, I mean, like, he's on a historically bad start with, like, picks. I mean, he he's flashed. Some of the throws yeah, he yeah. makes are like, wow. But, man, all these rookies are just looking really, really tough so far. I mean, Mac Jones, he's, I think Mac Jones has probably looked the best. But even he had three picks today. And so, I think it just puts it back into perspective. And it gives us, like, sort of that gut check. This is what we probably should expect from rookie quarterbacks. Some of the rookie quarterbacks that we've seen over the last few years have really sort of, like, changed the perception that, oh, yeah, it's actually easy to come in and play at a high level in the NFL. It's like, no, these guys are having to adjust to the speed. They're having to adjust to, like, really difficult, like, complex offenses, all that stuff. Defenses are really good. They're getting teed up on. And in a lot of cases, with most of these guys, they're coming into and playing on bad teams. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just a gut check. And I still think, frankly, that Fields has good potential if he can continue, continue to be the starter, um, if they design an offense that actually fits his skill set. However, I'm now very discouraged because I think, number one, he's probably not going to continue to be the starter. I think they're going to go back to Dalton as soon as he's healthy because Nat Nagy's a donkey and this is what the Bears are going to do. <laughs> but... 
you know, at the end of the day, like this is obviously very disappointing. And, and again, I'm sorry for recommending Fields this week because, and I started him in several leagues too. So it's just a big bummer all around. That reminds me, how did you do in your 22 leagues? Uh, some wins, some losses. I didn't actually tally them up. Wasn't a great week. There's a lot, there was a lot of weird scores. Like I had like a lot of receivers just didn't do jack shit today. I'm going to so, check in tomorrow. Um, I want you to do an action. I want to know how yeah, you get I out of 22. Know. Yeah. I'm going to probably drag my feet on that, but was, I would say it's probably around 500. <laughs> okay. Craig, who's your loser of the week? It's the Niners running backs. It's more of an abstract loser. Uh, you know, we recommended that people start Trey Sermon and it, I, it paid off because he got an easy touchdown, but he had, we were bailed yes. out. We were bailed out. He had 10 carries. Because Kyle Juszczyk was the running back 100%. Uh, Sermon Dude, had 10 carries for 31 yards. Juszczyk <laughs> was used all over the field. He, he was like running slants. He had 37 yards receiving and a touchdown. I don't know what the hell to do with the Niners running backs. Now, next week, there's going to be Sermon. Elijah Mitchell will probably be back. Juszczyk is probably just better than all of them. Uh, no, no. <laughs> this is a toxic relationship we have with the 49ers. Like, this is a, like if you actually just separate ourselves with the excuses that we make now, like, no, 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 like, it's okay. Like, just explaining this, this is insane. It really is. I don't know what to do. I, I think my recommendation is, if you like chaos, if you want to live a little bit, start a Niners running back. But if you <laughs> maybe want to win your matchup, if you're, if you're an adrenaline junkie. No, no, no. Do you yeah. remember, uh, what is it? Uh, How I Met Your Mother, where Barney has like the crazy hot scale. And it's like, you can get away with being this crazy if you're this mm. hot. The Niners situation the Niners is not hot enough group. for how crazy Yeah, you're right. <laughs> It hasn't paid off this year like it should have. Like we are breaking up, <laughs> dude. We're breaking up with the Niners. We thought we. I, I feel like we had in our mind a lot of scenarios that could happen tonight. It's like, oh, it's going to be hilarious if it's Carryon Johnson who ends up leading. I don't know if anyone thought it'd be freaking Kyle Uschek that would like <laughs> career ruin high the day. carries for Kyle Uschek. Of course, it was Kyle Uschek that was taking all the passing down snaps and all the long down and distance and all the short, like all the red zone areas. And you stuff. know what? Like, come on, you look good. <laughs> Well, also, the other thing God is, unless Trey Sermon was not, like, healthy from the concussion, which I don't I, I don't think that was the case as much as I think that this was proof that Kyle Shannon does not trust Trey Sermon. Oh, like, absolutely. Because basically, yeah. when he was, Kyle Shannon was literally, like, the rest of his running backs who've been on the team for more than, like, a calendar week were all, like, eliminated from playing in this game. He's like, fuck it. Kyle Hughes checks the goal line. <laughs> well, I can't give it this, to Trey like, Yeah, this is a great point, Heifetz. Absolutely. Because the situations that you saw Hughes check, again, like the red zone, deep red zone, passing down, or like deep, long down a distance. So like passing down. So he's in he's in control of, you know, he has, he's, has to pass block. He has to do all this stuff that's actually a lot more complicated. He has to read the defense. Like all this complicated stuff that you'd expect from a, a veteran uh, running back. He just didn't want to put any of that on Sermon. He was like, no, you're not actually going to get any of those situations. So it definitely hurts his bottom line a lot. Kyle Juszczyk is first team all dad's favorite player. Like if you <laughs> yeah. have players that dads love, Kyle Juszczyk easily in the first five players. People miss the bygone era of fullbacks being a thing. Oh, my dad is a huge Niner fan. He's texting me like, use, love Juszczyk. Yeah, because... You know, back in the 70s, everyone loved with the fullbacks going on the swing routes. That's how, you know, our parents grew up. Fullbacks just running Mike like... Allstott. I just want... I really yeah, want to That's what Mike Allstott, Mike Allstott was doing. Yeah. 40-yard swing routes. All right. My loser of the week is Marquise Brown. Yeah. He um, dropped three touchdowns in the first half. That's super <laughs> Did, not chill. Was it actually three? Like, he dropped three It was three. three. One was tipped. Three... To be clear, yeah, one was tipped, and, like, it maybe could have caught it. The other two like, were egregious. The last second. 
The other two were were they back to back or two at a very place? Very close. It looked like he was trying to like clap the ball into his hands. Like, dude, it's funny because form is awful. Figure it out. It was like egregious. Yeah, it was bad. He's because they were like walk in touchdowns and like the it gave it ended up giving us in a roundabout way the Justin Tucker game winner field goal. So like we can all forget it for now. But like. (laughs) Oh my God! He had three catches for fifty yards and really should have had five for one hundred and forty and two this touchdowns. Is, like this is what I, I get for I, starting him. This is definitely what I get. I deserve is, this. Marquis is infuriating. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house, everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud, or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Let's get to Panic Button. Various stars who sucked. Yeah, so and we're just going to like... We're going to do this a little different than we have in the last couple of weeks. So we're going to actually list off some of the like top tier guys, I would say top tier expected to be superstars in fantasy, what they've done and what they are, what they did this week. And then whether we're panicked and which ones we're panicked about rather. So let's, you want to just list off a few of them? Hi, Fitz. Yeah, we're going to go through and you guys, we, we get to hit the panic button on some of these guys. Okay. Yeah. All right. DeAndre Hopkins did not have a good day, but sprained ankle. Three right? catches. 20. Well, yards. He had rib. Didn't he have a rib injury? Yeah, it was, it was ribs. a rib injury. Oh, sorry. Rib, sorry. Yeah. Rib injury. We're not going to, no one's panic putting on Hopkins, right? Okay. Not yet. I would say his, his target rate is a little concerning. He averaged 10 targets a game last year. He's averaging six a game this year. Yeah. It's not the little concerning button. Well, correct. Are you hitting the panic I'm not button hitting not? the panic button. I'm not sitting okay. him down next week, if that's what you're asking. Tyree Kill had five for 50, five catches, 56 yards. Anyone panic buttoning after 14 yards last week? Anyone? Week one, he had 30 points. And <laughs> week two, he had four. Like week that. three, he had seven. Like, I know we all know he's boom bust, but he's been a little too boom bust for my liking in the first three weeks. No, I'm not hitting the panic button, but I, it's not great. I think, is, is it, is this a situation? I, I haven't watched the game again yet, clearly, but. Do you think this is a situation where if someone's going to start talking about a blueprint for beating the Chiefs, like just double teaming Tyree Kill constantly or something? I feel like that's been tried before. No, no, that's not. It doesn't this doesn't seem like something every defense can do? It. The blueprint's simple. It's get Justin Herbert and hope Patrick Mahomes yeah. throws two t- interceptions, one of which was no look. Like no. Like, yeah. Ultimately, I'm like right. that's like why I'm not hitting the panic button is because like how many defenses could actually do that? So yeah, no. Let's let's panic button. Jonathan Taylor. I'm kind of hitting. I'm not hitting the panic button on Taylor. I I would say maybe there's a little of a gray area here. I would say if you're expecting Jonathan Taylor to be like a top three guy, that's where I'm hitting the panic button because I don't think this is going to happen. It doesn't okay, seem. But to he's be not happening. top three. It's has. I mean, he has. Sorry, he had week one. He had 18 points, and then he's had single digits each of the last two. Yeah. and you probably spent a second round pick on him. That's pretty panicky. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess it's just. 
That's panicky you know, because he a single digit semantics, in the last two I weeks. Guess. So did Tyree Hill. Here's the deal. Here's why, Craig, here's why they're different. Here's why they're different. I think Jonathan Taylor, it, he has a Naheem Hines problem. Naeem Hines is really good, first of all. Um, and second of all, he's take Naheem Hines is taking some of the most valuable touches away from Jonathan Taylor, and it doesn't seem likely that that's going to change. So again, I, I very much recommend going and reading Dwayne McFarland's utilization report at PFF every week because he tracks and and breaks down like how teams are using their different backs. Hines, so far, is getting half of the long down and distance stuff, so that means a lot of targets in those times. That's like a passing game down. He's getting all of the two-minute drill stuff so far this year, which again is dump-offs, dump-offs, you know, opportunities to have draw plays where you're picking up 20 yards or whatever because teams are playing like a prevent defense or whatever. Um, those are those are situations in the game where running backs can really make hay, and Jonathan Taylor's on the sideline in those plays. Um, the other thing that really matters here is Jonathan Taylor profiles, at least so far. I, I mean, week one was a little different, but at least so far he profiles as a, a little bit of a game-dependent guy, a game-script-dependent running back. So in other words, when the Chiefs are when the when the Colts are winning, he's getting more carries, he's getting the ball more. He's going to, you know, they're going to try and salt away the game, all that stuff. And that's a problem because when he's on the Colts. Exactly. He's on a Colts team that is led by Carson Wentz who again just does not look good so far. And I know that Wentz was coming off an injury, two injuries, two ankle injuries. Um so there's that and that's a, that's an excuse that maybe that will change down the line. However, just I don't know, situationally, I think it's just not great for him. He's a good player. He's a very good player. But if you were hoping you're getting a steal, top five player, it's looking more and more like he's sort of like in that Josh Jacobs zone where he's like a really good runner, but just doesn't get the utilization that you want. It's not as panicky as it was for Jonathan Taylor this time last year, but like it's pretty bad. Also, Quentin Nelson got hurt again. Like this is a really bad situation. Like you, on, on you the can't plus sell side, low, but like on the plus side with Taylor, the one thing I would add is it does look like it's a two man backfield. It, I think uh, Marlon Mack was inactive today, healthy scratch. So like that's a slight positive. That's a silver lining with with what we've I don't seen. think that's a silver lining to be honest. I mean, it's better. All. It's better than what we're seeing. If it's a three man backfield, then it's like fuck this. But like, yeah. So I would say you know. It's definitely dis- disappointing. So maybe you're hitting the panic button. Stefan Diggs, not hit 70 yards yet and has not been a top 25 receiver in a given week yet. Any panicky button? No, because he's panicking. getting so many targets. He's still getting like almost 30% of the team's targets. I, I don't know what's going on. It's just not really clicking. He's had 60 to 69 yards in every game. It'll happen. Okay. AJ Brown, not hit 50 yards yet this, this season. Left after like... I don't even know how many snaps the hamstring injury. Really early. I'm a little bit panicky AJ on AJ Brown. Me too. I, I, to me, it's like a it's it's a combination of the volume isn't as much as you'd like to see. So, for instance, in week one through three, Diggs had 13, eight, and ten targets. Compare that to AJ Brown, who had eight, nine, and then two this last week. He went out with an injury, so that's clearly a big factor. But the injury to me is what I'm panicking about a little bit because this guy, this is a guy who missed a big chunk of the preseason with, I believe, knee injuries. Like both knees were hurt. And so he was hobbling around. Well, it's just the preseason. He played the entire last season with the knee injuries yeah. and then had surgery for it and missed a lot of um, OTAs recovering. Yeah. So this feels like a compensatory, uh, you know, like injury type. He's compensating for whatever. Is that the right word? Compensatory? That might not be the right word. Compensa- yeah, that actually is. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, he's nice. compensating for another injury. Um, so I'm starting to not panic, but I'm definitely getting worried about this. I think I'm hitting the panic button. 
AJ Brown's yeah. always been so boomer bust. And now that you add in Julio Jones and the Titans offense isn't as good, Tannehill hasn't looked as good. Everything's just a little bit off with Tennessee so far. And if you add in like AJ Brown's like nicked up now and he, I don't know. I, I don't feel great about it. I think I am hitting the panic button. Last one here, Allen Robinson. Big time. I'm going to hit the panic button on Allen Robinson. Yeah. yeah. I was I was so intrigued by this. So Allen Robinson. I All right, well, well, let's just be honest. Did you guys look at my notes or no? Because if so, I'm not going to ask you a straight question. I have not yet. Do you know how many receiving yards Allen Robinson has this season? Everyone listening, play along. How many receiving yards do you think <laughs> Allen Robinson has this year? I'm, I can't. I'm looking at it. So DK, you guess. Uh... It's less than 100, right? It's 86. Oh, my gosh. He's, there are, and I looked this up, 17 receivers had more than 86 receiving yards today. <laughs> that sucks. God, and that one of sucks. them was Tim Patrick. Tim oh, Patrick's no. good. Like, so was Allen Robinson. So here's the thing. This is the worst three-game stretch of Allen Robinson since he was catching balls from Blake Bortles. Oh, boy. Like, also just, not to beat the dead horse, but Quez Watkins for the Eagles had a 91-yard catch like last week. <laughs> that was more than Allen Robinson yeah. all year. Now, stats, small samples, whatever. But the point is, is there any reason for this to get better other than, well, he's been good before? But like the, the fundamental problem here is this offense is Sucks. bad. Yeah. They don't seem to be particularly well suited to like fixing the main problem, which is basically aside from the designs and stuff, like the let the tackle situation is. The left tackle situation is as bad as any. Like Jason Peters really might probably not play anywhere else after this. Like he will retire when the Bears don't need him anymore. He was kind of retired before the Bears needed him. And like he's just out here getting worked by Miles Garrett, who's just like juicing it's him for like a Browns record at sacks. It's not fair. He like, didn't like, he have like four and a half sacks today? Four years like the Browns record <laughs> for the team. Jesus. And you don't think those guys like go into the whole week being like, this is how you make your money. You just beat up on the worst tackle you see all season. Yeah. Like you don't think Chandler Jones knew that when he went to get uh, anyway, not that Taylor loans bad point being the fact that the bears went into this and didn't really have a plan for how Jason Peters would be going against miles Garrett to me is actually almost a bigger indictment of Matt Nagy than the field stuff. Yeah. They released Leonard. Like, How did you, what is wrong with this uh, team? So, Point being, I don't really have any faith that Matt Nagy fixes any of this stuff with the Bears at all. Hopefully they yeah. fire him. And then Allen Robinson, isn't he a free agent at the end of the year? At what point does Allen Robinson just be like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm out, out of here soon, bro. <laughs> and, and in fantasy, you're, this is a really tough spot if you have Allen Robinson because you can't, you're, there's no selling high. Like you can't get rid of him. You just have to like hunker down for the winter yeah. and hope it gets better. Here's the problem. Here, so Justin Fields clearly looked terrible today. I don't know. I, I'm not super confident in, in Nagy addressing all the issues that he had week this week and then just like magically fixing it. And the other thing is, I think he's going to go back to Dalton. Dalton, meanwhile, has attempted, I believe, one pass more than 15 yards down the field this year. Nice. It just severely, severely like limits the upside for this offense. Allen Robinson used to be quarterback proof. Uh, I don't know if it's like because he's getting older. Or it's just like that shit's catching up with him or what. But just like you it's know, exhausting. The efficiency stuff is just catching up with him. It's like he's regressing. But like he can't. He's not. He's clearly not QB proof in this offense this year. Uh, so yeah, this is definitely a panic button type situation. I'm total panic button. Allen Robinson. If he has a good spike week, I would deal him immediately after that. Okay. Speaking of bad quarterbacking, deceiving yards award. We're giving this Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh my god. <laughs> 
Najee Harris had 19 targets. That's the second most targets for running back on record since they started recording targets. He had 14 catches. Not only that, if you didn't watch the game and you checked in on your fantasy stats and you're like, oh, wow, bad game for Pittsburgh. They put up 10 points. But then you like actually go and you're like, oh, wow, Chase Claypool, nine catches, 96 yards. Ben threw for 318. Uh, Najee over 100. It all <laughs> yeah. looks kind of good. You're like, oh, well, they, yeah. they, they, their offense was humming. They just couldn't punch it in the red zone. No, they were so bad. The offense is so bad. Ben cannot physically. I think I can throw a football <laughs> farther than Ben right now. He can throw the ball 16 yards max, and he didn't attempt a ball past 10, it looked like today. All he does is dump it off to Najee Harris. I actually feel pretty good about Najee's fantasy future this year because he's Matt Forte now. I mean, he's going to catch seven to 10 balls a game, it feels like. There was a crucial fourth yeah. and 10 in the red zone. Ben said hike, immediately turned, dumped it off to Najee Harris. He got zero yards and it got lit up. And On fourth down. Fourth and 10. Yeah. And listen, the whole wide receiver crew is banged up there. Juju got hurt, Deontay's hurt. So Claypool got a ton of run, but they didn't, I mean, Claypool is one of the most dynamic deep ball guys in the league. They weren't taking shots to him. He was catching these like little four yard things. Ben's like rubbing his elbow after every throw. Like it is a disaster. <laughs> He's got tennis elbow. In Pittsburgh. This is, it's not the same. Ben and Eli Manning are not the same, but it's the closest I've felt to understanding how everyone else must have thought when the Giants just stuck to Eli Manning for a year too long. And everyone's like, what are they doing? Except obviously the Steelers are more talented than the Giants were at that point. But like organizationally, the fact that the Steelers came into this season with this, when we all saw how last season ended, and like Ben, like, oh, like he can't throw deep. The defensive ends can't sack him, so let's bat down the pat. Like, nothing's changed. Nothing about this is different. And Ben, his 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 demeanor is funny because he's doing you know that thing where like when you screw up, you try and place the blame on somebody else to like divert the attention from you. He'll like make a terrible throw and be like super intense, like talking to the receiver after and, like shaking his finger. And I'm like, dude, shut up. Or like Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> when he threw the pass backward yeah. and was like just trying to find someone to blame. To me, Kyle Shannon looked like a disappointed To father. me, Ben reminds me of like an 88-year-old man who still refuses to uh, accept that he like no longer should drive a car. He's like, no, I'll still drive on the oh family vacation. <laughs> Ah, that's oh my actually perfect. And we're like, the Grandpa, family has to like hide his keys. That's like too. We're real. driving to Lake Tahoe, Grandpa. I don't know. It's windy roads. He's like, I got it. <laughs> and everyone's like, like white knuckling oh it God. in the van. <laughs> this is dangerous for everyone on the road, dude. I'm looking at his passing chart right now. He had one, two, three, four, five, six, six of his completions. He he attempted 58 passes. <laughs> six of them. Were completed for more than ten yards. It, it, this is can the I, most can hilarious I say one passing thing, chart. Though, this is not Ben Roethlisberger's fault. Ben Roethlisberger fault. took like fifteen million dollar <laughs> pay cut to come back, which should tell you how good he is. It the Steelers. I actually cannot believe that the Steelers were like, yeah, this is our best option. I, I, I still maintain they will be better when they eventually, I, I think they'll have to bench do you, it at some Do point. you think this is the Steelers? Be like, be, Craig, you can answer this probably the best. Um, you know how the Steelers are like, oh, we've had three coaches since 1936 or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, do you think this is just them being like, we're loyal to a fault. We're going to stick by our guys, even though if they struggle, because the NFL is a wild you know, league and we, we don't want to overreact to the bumps and the bumps on the road, essentially. 
Do you think this is that what's happening is like basically they're deferential to Ben because he's been with the team for so long? Yeah, I think um, I have it nailed, put it in, hit the nail on the head. It's kind of like Eli. I think that you know the, the yeah. Steelers they don't want to act rashly. That's not who they are, right? There's such a there's there's these stalwarts that get through right. every season. They always have winning seasons with Tomlin. They've always had him with Ben. I do think they're just a little bit stubborn now and refusing to move on. Get with the times, you know. Um, no, holy shit! Those Eight? franchises are literally related. Like it's important to remember, like the Roonies and the Maras, aside from literally having a person connected to both families named Rooney yeah. Mara, like are both inherited it from a father who helped build the league as we know it today, and now are steward and like take pride in the we're not reactionary. Like they like being the like they love the Chuck Knoll stat three coaches since Richard Nixon. I, I, I it's it's not a coincidence. It's that they both have very same organizational structures and ideas of what they're supposed to be. Anyway, this we don't is have to just like so. That. It's pathetic. Actually, though. to add one more thing, I'm looking at his passing chart. I said six completions over ten yards. He had eight completions over five yards. Dude. So 30, 30 completions under five yards. That's not the emperor has no completions over twenty yards. That's what this is. It's a disaster. You can't win like that. Ah, oh. uh, it, it's. Craig Craig nailed it. It's it's he shouldn't take his license. Okay, <laughs> that's okay. Take Fantasy his keys. Jealousy. Don't take his license. Yeah, take, take his, his keys. keys. Fantasy. He's still driving without the take license. Out the starter. He's still take getting the behind the wheel. Off. Fucking knife the tire. He's man. like, I didn't have a Do license something. back when I was eighteen before World War Two. I don't need one now. Oh my gosh! Like, what's the story? Like the the guy goes to, you know, the story of like the vet flies to France and is like. And the guy's like, where's your passport? He's like, I didn't need a passport last time I came. <laughs> when I came to Normandy. Oh, my God. <laughs> for D-Day. I was like, okay. Anyway. Let's <laughs> get the I fantasy thought you were talking jealousy. about like a vet, like a, like a dog vet, like an animal vet for a second. <laughs> like a veterinarian? <laughs> I was like, what do you see? Where's he going with I don't this? know how many of those were at D-Day. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Fantasy jealousy player you wish you had. Yeah. DK. Okay. So this guy. And I looked it up. He finished as the wide receiver 47 in Fantasy Pro's final ADP, like 120th-ish overall. I could have had this guy. I could have had this man on every single one of my fantasy teams if I'd only listened to Craig. Why don't I listen to Craig more? Mike Williams of the freaking Chargers really is the new Michael Thomas in the NFL. The wide receiver won this week so far. There's still one game left. Uh, 33 points. He had nine, uh, sorry, nine targets, seven catches, 122 yards and two scores. The dude, he looks amazing. It's not like empty calorie production, like Deontay Johnson, for instance. Um, the dude is like making insane plays going up in the end zone and like spinning and grabbing a touchdown, toe touching. Like he's insanely talented. Um, and now he's in a situation where he can really thrive. Like they're getting him involved in the short and intermediate area instead of just having him run wind sprints down the sideline. Um, yeah, I'm just really bummed. I did, I did not draft Mike Williams in every single draft this year. I agree. Craig was right. I was wrong about Mike Williams. I think um, I was right. You were right. I was wrong. I was wrong. Right. You're I'm very wrong. good I'm looking. Stupid. I'm You're not smart. attractive. <laughs> it's like, damn it, man. I I feel like this was like a, th- a hiding in plain sight, but there were three things blocking it. One, it's he's the number five pick who's a bust, and it's harder to shed that. Right. Uh, obviously, the infuriousness of it. Two, the talent of him hiding behind, I think, how limited Philip Rivers was for the last few years of his and career. And the play calling. And then, 
and the play calling of a running back coach really limiting what this offense is. And when all three of those things are removed, you go from Rivers' arm in the bottom three in the league to Herbert, which is top three, a running back coach to one of the more forward-thinking ones in the league. And then Williams, the, the role changes. Like, it all happens so quickly. Yeah, yeah dude, <laughs> like he's, he so is quick. like Michael Thomas light, except he's like kind of bigger and faster. Oh, he's huge. He's like 6'5 and big. And he, it's, it's, his body yeah. language is completely different. It's like 220. Like, he catches balls now and he'll stand up and like spin it. He's like reinvigorated. He, he's a whole and new when person. when we say Michael Thomas, we're not Dude, trying to blow smoke. Of course, like, he's making, the, he's probably made like himself like $50 million in the first three weeks <laughs> of the year. When we're saying the Michael Thomas thing, as DK alluded to, like it's because Joe Lombardi, the Chargers OC, came from New Orleans. And I kind of dismissed that because I was like, Sean Payton calls up, like, we don't know that's going to happen. It's like, yeah. Matt Nagy came from Kansas City, Chicago. Look how that went. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't even call bootlegs for Trubisky till three years in. Like, it doesn't always translate. It's so I dismissed hard. it. Craig was right. I was wrong. Yeah. Anyway, credit to Craig. It's hard to, it's really hard to separate, like, the signal from the noise in terms of, like, what coaches are talking about, but we definitely missed that one. Well, not Craig didn't. Danny and I did. Damn straight. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. Brandon Cook's award for the player you don't <laughs> want to acknowledge is good at fantasy. Uh, honestly, it's Mike Williams for me too. But the other one is Jamar Chase for the Bengals, dude. He's looking great. I, I didn't. He is. I don't <laughs> he have genuinely him. looks pretty good. I have, him, I have him in my dynasty league. I don't have him in any like redraft leagues. And okay, this, this blew. So this week it's 65 yards and two touchdowns. And I guess he can catch. But then Scott Barrett tweeted this week. I, I could not believe this. Most fantasy points by a rookie receiver in their first three career games of the last 35 years. Anquan Bolden, mm -hmm. Roy Williams, Terry McLaurin, Calvin Ridley, Jamar Chase, Randy Moss, Andre Johnson. It's a pretty good list. So he's top five ever for the first three career games the last 35 years ahead of Randy Moss. All those guys worked out. So, But you remember how much he sucked in the preseason? Don't you remember that? I, I mean, look. Look, it's I, I think there was like a, a decent amount of smoke that like things could start really rocky for the Bengals offense with Jamar Chase, all that stuff. Like there was reason to believe maybe we were like overrating this a little bit going in because we you remember we had him ranked really highly at one point. Um, and then we kind of backed off it a little bit, dropped down below T Higgins, which I think is not necessarily wrong. Like T Higgins is looking awesome, too, but he's clearly like the drops thing is clearly not an issue. Like he's a baller. He was just shaking off the rust. He was out for a year. Um, this is what we saw with him and uh, Burrow at LSU. He's getting deep. He's making big plays down the field. He's winning at the catch point. He can separate late. Like, he's not a big, he's not like a twitched up separator type guy like Stefan Diggs where he's like juking guys out of their pants or whatever. But like, he is really good at separating late in the play. Like, basically, right when the ball arrives, if you watch him, he just like the subtle push off, the subtle like elbow, and he can create enough separation at the catch point to catch the ball. He's very good at that. So that's what I think that's why like the separation thing is like a little bit overplayed and also just like the drops obviously were clearly overplayed. So yeah, I'm happy to see him doing so well. I still think he's going to be a little boomer bust just in this offense, but 
you know, obviously this is super, super exciting. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, we we joked about, oh, the Bengals are going to be, what do we call them? Cowboys North. Yeah. And and Chase has had this hot start. The Bengals offense, despite them being two and one, has not looked very good. Like, and they're not throwing the ball at all. They've they have a, a negative pass to run ratio, meaning they've they've run more than they've passed straight up this year, which not many teams do. Joe Burrow hasn't thrown more than 30 passes in a game. So although he may not keep up this touchdown, right? I think this guy's like, I think he's going to continue to ascend because I think as Joe Burrow continues to get healthier and healthier, which he looked really healthy today, he was like scrambling, juking guys out, getting outside of the pocket. I think vigorous. Yeah. Healthy look. I think uh, Chase is going to be even better. Like in the next, you know, as the season wears on. Yeah. There was a good play. I think his first, I can't remember whether it was his first or second touchdown, but Burrow basically dropped back in the pocket, looked to his left, had good protection, stepped up, looked back to his right, found Chase, hit him in the back of the end zone. It's like that is like exactly what we're wanting. Chase is so, or uh, Burrow is still so good. Yeah. He has that feel in the pocket. You know, he can make plays. He doesn't have a strong, super strong arm or like crazy uh, traits or whatever. He's just smart, can, has a feel for the pocket, and he's obviously very accurate. So, like, I don't know. It's just you're starting to see where this offense can go. I mean, Chase, sorry, Burrow, he attempted 18 passes in this game, <laughs> he completed 14 of them. For 172 yards and three touchdowns. This is not like a high octane, just, you know, scorched earth offense, but they're just very, you know, they're very uh, efficient against a pretty good defense here. And he wasn't sacked today, which is insane. TJ Watt not being in, I guess, has a huge impact. Yeah. Wasn't the first time the Steelers didn't have a sacking game in like 60 so, games? That's 70 something. It was the longest streak in NFL history, I think. Jeez. R.I.P. Okay. Okay. DK, Brandon Cook's award, someone you do not want to admit is actually good at fantasy, but they are. <laughs> this is a good one. Uh, I'm starting to believe Hunter Renfro is actually really good at fantasy. He's like a... Oh, this is par- This is like perfect. <laughs> he's like... I haven't wanted to admit he's like an NFL player <laughs> since he left Clemson. Yeah, I mean, it's just funny because he, he's just like a skinny white dude who like is not athletic, but he's Sneaky such a fast. freaking baller. An he's a baller. Because like Cooper Cup is super athletic. Right. Hunter Renfro is not. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think they're both. I, I would not say that Cooper Cup is like blazing fast. He's no, well, that's not what awesome athletic means. Runner. He's significantly like like of a different class. Cooper well, Cup is sure. extremely athletic. I think we're losing the thread here. What I'm saying is Hunter Hunter Renfro is just a freaking baller. He's a really good route runner. Uh, on his <sighs> touchdown play, <laughs> his Spare touchdown me. play on his touchdown <laughs> catch, he like broke off the the defensive back from the slot. I think it was Xavier Howard. It was like not some like just Joe Schmo defensive back. Um, so yeah, man, the dude's a baller. He's really good. He's being utilized in this offense like really frequently. He's actually second on the team so far in targets, 23 in three games. He had a uh, team high five catches today. He had 77 yards and a touchdown. I don't think he's a ceiling play where he's going to get like these Cooper Cup t- type games. Um, however, I do think he is a solid sort of just like a flex option in PPR where you can just bank on him getting like eight targets and six catches and he's just going to, you know, create a couple third down conversions, maybe get in the end zone. I don't know. Hunter, Hunter Renfro. Another guy that's first team all dad. Dads love Hunter Renfro. Ugh. Oh yeah. Just gritty. It's gritty. I, I don't even want to talk about it. Craig. Your Brandon Cooks Award guy who is actually good, but we don't want to talk about it. I will not stop saying this guy until he proves me wrong. It's once again (laughs) Brandon Cooks, folks. This is the Brandon Cooks Award for the player you don't want to acknowledge is good at fantasy. He had 112 yards with Davis Mills. He's averaging over 100 (laughs) yards a game, and we're just refusing to acknowledge it. 
He's getting tons of targets, like unbelievable amounts of targets. He's one of yeah. four guys who ha- someone's catching passes in Houston. That whole, Damn it! That entire <laughs> idea that we disputed, or, that we shook off, is wrong. Debunked. Brandon Cooks Debunked. is debunking it. Uh, he had a thirty-nine percent <laughs> target share on Thursday night against the Panthers oh with Davis Mills. Davis Mills the threw Texas- for one hundred and sixty-eight yards. One hundred and twelve no, of them were from think- Brandon Cooks. No, Craig, you're the one who pointed it out, and you pointed it out about Houston, because before Allen Robinson, DeAndre Hopkins was the guy who always had bad quarterbacks. And you were and Craig pointed out that like great receivers, or not, not Cook is great, but like bad quarterbacks I think he might be. over target their number one guy. And Davis Mills being bad seems bad for Cooks. It's actually great because a bad quarterback is how you end up with a 40% target share. Because what he lacks in accuracy, he makes up for in sheer volume. He will pound you the rock over and over and over because he can't make any other read besides his first one. You want to know something something interesting about this Brandon Cooks angle too is people were bringing this up on Thursday night when they played. Who's going to trade for Brandon Cooks? Because he's already been traded like six times in his career. Some contender, Chiefs. go get him. Chiefs. Go get him, man. It's like sneakily one of the strangest careers in NFL. What if really? the Chiefs trade for him? What if like the Packers trade for this guy? Yeah. Then his ceiling is like, woo. I mean, just think about, forget all the other trades. Can you imagine like playing, like getting traded to the Patriots and Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, losing the Super Bowl, being traded away, getting to that team, meeting the Patriots, your old team, in the Super Bowl, and then losing again in, like, back-to-back seasons. That alone is, like, insane. Can you just remind me of the teams he's played for? Because I honestly can't remember now. So, so it's like uh, Saints, Saints, so Pats. Saints, Pats, Rams, Texans. But he went from Drew Brees to Tom Brady to Jared Goff when they were, like, Super Bowl good. And then he right. went to... But he was there for the McVay Saints. And then he went to Deshaun Watson. And then now he's he's screwed. But he's, like, the anti-Allen Robinson. Every like he's with Hall of Famer yeah. after Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer, and now, yeah, but he's legit good. He's legit good. Yeah, he is. You know, but he, it's it's a it's a whole. Can thing. we talk about real quick? Just very very quickly, the the Texans are feistier than I thought. They're they had what I thought is like the funniest roster in the NFL coming <laughs> in, and like, I mean, credit to Casario and everybody who's like making the moves. Like they're actually pretty competitive. Like they they're a tough out. I wouldn't say that they're going to be necessarily like good, but yeah. You know they're they're tough out like the veteran team the the random <laughs> hilarious mix of veterans that they've signed like this the six different mid mid range veteran running backs that they signed like it's it's just the funniest roster but they're actually like it's actually working somehow I don't know like not working working but you know they're better than I thought all right time for a very important conversation burn book mm. inductee of the week. Kyle Shanahan. Just get this out of the way. Gonna, yeah, I, I actually think it's Kyle Shanahan. I <laughs> Can agree. we put Kyle like, in No there? question. No. Tracer. He, Not yet. Not yet. We can't do it yet. I've, okay. Can't burn Kyle Shanahan. Everyone's hurt on the team. Like, what's he going to do? Yeah. Trey Sermon was announced as a starter. The running back they traded up to get <laughs> was announced as a starter. And then he gave the majority of the, the he gave a career high carries to the fullback. Well, I mean, it was <laughs> what else do you? It was need? five carries. He gave him five carries. I, I career high. How sounds many did Sermon get? Ten. All right, but you check right, out four but if we had stopped too, the count after three quarters, that was like two carries. <laughs> that was like two. Uh, five. Let's add in the fact that he put Ayuk in his doghouse for no apparent reason. Yeah, we're not even talking. I think Trent Sherfield is now third on the. De- Trent Sherfield is playing behind like Mohamed Sanu now. 
I think I'm going to try out for just, the Niners. It's just so weird, man. I feel like I could get a starting spot. Craig, you could make the Niners. <laughs> I will briefly, I will entertain that Mike Davis um, has upset many people. <laughs> people are I pissed also, at us he, on Twitter about Mike Davis. Dude, Mike Davis, look, the annoying thing is he's not even bad enough to shred. Like, he has double digits in every right. P- PPR point every week. Like, he, I mean, it, it, it's like he's, you know what the worst part is? He's Mike Davising. He's just there. It's not awful. It's not good. It's just like exactly average, which is exactly what we hoped he would not be, which is, but the only, but I will also say in his defense, it's the Falcons as a whole is I think the surprising part. Like Calvin Ridley has been awful too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, I think like, didn't Cordero outscore him again? Yeah. Cordero outscored him he again. He did. The receiving yardage is crushing because like he's, <laughs> he's, he's basically got a two third. He's got the two thirds hold on the backfield and he's, he's still getting catches. It's just the receiving yardage differential is huge. I had a really hard uh, time yeah. finding somebody to add into the burn book this week. I think it's Kyle Shanahan. Like, 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 cause here's the thing. The, the point of the burn book is like, this person makes me want to pull my hair out. And like three weeks in a row, I'm like, Fucking Kyle Shanahan. I just feel bad that we've gone <laughs> two of our yeah. three are so we have Raheem Mostert, Marquez Calloway, and now Kyle Shanahan. So let's just get to the point. We take the Raheem Mostert one back. We'll just get to the source. How about can we just Go say Kyle Shanahan's running scheme? <laughs> no, that's Kyle, the good part. Kyle Shanahan's, Shanahan's the personnel part. decisions. Kyle Shanahan's personnel decisions because he's a good coach and like all the other like Debo's awesome. George Kittle had a good game. Like all that's fine. It's just his running thoughts. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan's. <laughs> I think he's just doing this to piss off fantasy people. All right, let's Kyle do it. Let's yeah, do right. it. Yeah, we, we can go there specifically. Kyle Shanahan's personnel. No, that's like couch. It's Kyle Shanahan. Okay. I'm mad at him. Mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't know how we can. I have no problem with Mostert. Like speed. <laughs> okay, fine. That's implied. All right, fine. Fine. He's in. Kyle I don't Shanahan. Know how we inf- I don't know how we enforce this burn book, but I think it feels. Oh, you know why Craig's upset? Right you know why Craig's upset? Because flying coach. Because that's Sean. Because his brother Sean McVay's boys with Shanahan, and if we put Shanahan in the burn book, Craig's going to get a call. He's going to be getting harassed. He's going to get hired. It's yeah. going to be a whole thing. He's going to have to deal with the group. You'll chat. never produce Monday Night Football when it's McVay and Shanahan <laughs> in the booth. You're getting kicked out of the group Now you're never going to get that gig. You're stuck oh, with well. us forever. <sighs> Cut you off at the pass. Okay. Weird flex, but okay. Other than Craig, will just produce the Monday Night Football broadcast. All right. The guy nobody expected to play well. Weird flex, but okay. Who's your weird flex, but okay for this week? Uh, DK. I'm going with Kendrick Bourne for the Patriots. So the the Patriots backfield is notoriously a nightmare to navigate in fantasy. And once again, it was today. Uh, but evidently, the wide receiver core is, is making a run for it too. Kendrick Bourne led the team with six catches this week. He had 96 yards and a touchdown, 21.6 PPR points. This is after having three catches for 27 yards combined in the first two weeks. Now, I, I think that it's fine. Good for Kendrick Bourne. I don't know if this is necessarily going to be a thing. And Jacoby Myers still got his. But I think what this complicates is like you can't start Aguilar, right? Aguilar. How do you say his last name? Aguilar? Aguilar. Aguilar. I, I think the actual correct pronunciation has been dis- displaced by the guy who said it after like catching Aguilar. the baby in that video. Yeah. Like, like, I don't think he said <laughs> that right, but that's how everyone remembers it. So they pronounce it that way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, I, I would say just, you know, weird flex, Kendrick. I think it's great that you did so well. I think, you know, he's actually like a good player, I think, but I, he just can't be someone that you're going to, you know, depend on in fantasy. I don't think the Pats were like nothing about this receiving game. Like we were like, oh, Hunter Henry or Johnny Smith. Neither. Neither. They suck. Neither. 
This Pats, like, is this Pats Bucks game going to be competitive? We're going to talk about this for a week. This game it, should be a blowout. Brady's going to leave their entrails at halftime. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's going to be like 42 to 10. Oh, boy. I mean, imagine how hyped up Brady's going to get the Bucks for this game. Can you imagine being a 10? Like, we're talking about the Patriots fans. Like, oh, my God, they, like, saw seven Super Bowls, and now they have to, like, imagine the Buccaneers players going with Brady into the stadium. It's not good that the Bucks lost. It's not good for the Pats that the Bucks lost today. They're going to be pissed. I'm I'm more interested in the Bucks players than the Pats fans. Uh okay. <laughs> Who else? Peyton Barber had 100 yards. That's kind of wow. 21 you, carries. Just got to wow. throw this out that again, cannot stress this enough. The Raiders gave Kenyon Drake like five and a half million dollars for like next year. <laughs> and he's not even playing for them when Josh Jacobs got hurt this year. I, I just don't. It's so weird it's because incredible. Drake was sort of like the early down guy last year. It's like, that's what he did last year. Right. It was like he wasn't the receiving guy. And now he's only the receiving guy. It's just None of this makes sense. Why do we play fantasy football? Why do we do this? It's so, it's because it's a cult. <laughs> yeah. It is a cult. Can't get we out. decided. Yeah, cult. we decided this morning it's a cult. Our All families right, Craig, are worried. Weird flex, but okay. They don't understand it. They don't get why we talk about it constantly. Um, yeah. we can keep mine short because I, this, this category I feel like doesn't require much insight because it's truly just a weird flex. AJ Green, God, 112 God. yards. God. Uh, okay. <laughs> cool beans. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Should we do, should we do the toot toot section next? Well, we already talked about some of these guys. I mean, it mentioned Najee Harris. I'm just going to do a little toot toot on Najee Harris because I, my whole thing was like the volume and. Even I was, I mean, stunned. I mean, second most targets on on record. I will never pretend to say I saw that coming. Yeah, and to be clear, this is the tooting our own horn section, which is kind of right. A, I was going to say kind of a creepy way to put it, but we're going to do it anyway. Um, yeah, I'm going with DeAndre Swift, guys. Lions. Are you guys coming around on my uh, DeAndre Swift tight end one? Or sorry, running back I, one take from the preseason? I almost put DeAndre Swift under the players I wish I had, but Mike Williams <laughs> yeah. is more accurate. But I almost put Swift. So I agree. He came okay, in. You, you hit the nail on the head on this one. You did a good job. He came into the game as the RB8 in PPR. Uh, through Sunday Night Football, I believe he is the RB4 this week. And I think that it's actually going to grow from here. It feels like they are starting to realize what they have with DeAndre Swift because he has looked really good, really explosive, dynamic. Um, every time he touches the ball, it feels like something good happens for their offense, whether it's in the passing game or the run game. Um, and he's there before this week. He should have had another touchdown too. He stretched the ball over the goal line. It was very clear, at least from my, uh, from my angle and the, my, uh, from my opinion that he had a touchdown. They decided not, they were thinking about, uh, challenging it, but they had a first and goal from like the one yard line. So they're just like, whatever. Um, and then, of course, Jamal Williams came in and vultured the touchdown. But I'm, what I'm saying is this guy is so good in the passing game. This is exactly what I was trying to you know, convey in the preseason. He's so good in the passing game that they're going to utilize him. He has, uh, he basically is like their number one option in the offense. He should be. He's the most talented guy in this offense. He should be the focal point. Hawkinson was pretty quiet today. Um, but I think they're going to continue to get this guy much more involved in the passing game. I think he's a good match for you know, Jared Goff's skill set. So I'm excited to see what DeAndre Swift continues to do. Hopefully, you know, he can stay healthy and um, they continue to like expand his role in the passing game. Swift and Chubb are the discount version of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, yeah. except if Kareem Hunt was the lead back. Yeah. 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 Lions okay. are weirdly a fun team to watch. 
Lions are fun. Texans are fun. Just you know what? No one knows <laughs> anything. Yes, upside down. All right. Toot toot, Craig. We we Craig. We tooted Craig's. Yeah, we already tooted your Williams. horn, but he you can get yours to, in he anyway. He doesn't need to continue. No, he doesn't. He we we did it. He doesn't need to do it. He knows. Just say Mike Williams. Well Mike done, Williams. Mark. Well done, Craig. <laughs> okay. All right, Craig. We're cutting you out from Mike Williams. Just do the prop bet update, Craig. How do we do on the prop bets? We are red hot on prop bets. This week, we went seven for nine. We did the Jameis under on yards. That hit. Kenny Galladay over three and a half receptions. That hit. Saquon over 20 receiving yards. Hit. We missed on Mooney. We Melvin Gordon carries. We hit on the over. Mike Williams hit on the over. Matt Stafford yards hit on the over. Calvin Ridley under receiving yards. We hit on two unders this week. And we missed on the field's rushing yards. So seven for nine. We also had somebody tweet us about a parlay that they made of these props. Three of the ones that we hit, he parlayed them together. So shouts out that guy. You made some money off us. Yeah, that was cool. That's the first time anyone's ever done that to us. That was fun to see that. So yeah, making money. Let's keep it going. Let's keep the momentum going. I'm ready for next week. Excited. All right, we're going to get out of here real quick, but first, DK wants to um, hit us with something on a more serious note. Yeah, so I just wanted to say something really quickly about <clears throat> Mike Taglier, who tragically died uh, over the weekend after battling COVID for the last couple of months. And, um, you know, I didn't know him very well. I had opportunity to do a few podcasts with him. He was just a really good guy. Um, you know, talking to him, all the interactions I had with him in the industry, very kind, welcoming you know, very enthusiastic. I just, I thought he was just very clearly a very positive influence in the world, in his world and in our world. Um, so he's just going to be very sorely missed. And he leaves behind a wife and two children and their family could use all the help that they can that, that they can get right now. So Fantasy Pros has set up a GoFundMe to help support his family, his, his two kids and his wife. Um, so donate if you can. And one awesome idea that one of my leagues had is to donate part or all of the league buy-in money, essentially the winnings um, to his family in honor of tags. So if you get a chance to do that, if you have the opportunity to do that, that'd be really cool. Um, He was a great guy, an excellent analyst, and he's going to be very, very missed. So it's just, you know, obviously we did everything today with a very heavy heart and we just want to say we're going to miss you tags. So um, we'll put in the GoFundMe link in the show doc or sorry in the show uh description so you can check it out there yep so just go into the show episode description and you'll be able to click and it'll take you right to the page all right rest in peace thank you dk thank you craig thank you mike Wargon, for producing this episode thank you everyone for listening and um yeah stay safe everyone <laughs>